Hey, welcome to the Minion Sonship Life. Here we go. Here we go again. We are from above, and because we are from above, we have dominion over everything that is from below. And so in this place of dominion, utterance flows. In this place of dominion, from the place that is far above all, there is an utterance that is a liberating, a liberating utterance, a liberating utterance from everything that wants to shackle us, which is really a deception a deception for everything that wants to shackle, shackle us and, and tie us down to that that is from beneath. And so today I believe I have an utterance from the Lord. I, I believe I have, I have, oh, a stirring in my spirit, man, to declare the liberty, the liberty of the Son of God that we now indeed do have in Christ. And so I'll continue in the verses that I have been in the last little while, and that is today's message is living hope. But I'm really, I, I really believe the Lord wants to take it a notch higher or a tad deeper, can we say. I've been meditating on this baptism of fire. You know, like John was a man that was sent by God to baptize in those waters of the river of Jordan unto repentance. And then he said something so powerful. Let's actually, let's go to, let's go to Mark, but actually let's go to Matthew 3. Let's go to Matthew 3. Let's start there. Let's start there because that ties into with living hope. In Matthew 3, 11, the words of John the Baptist, I indeed, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. See, this walk of the Spirit and fire cannot be touched with human hands. John the Baptist, the, the, the book of John writes of him that he was a man that was sent by God. He was a man sent by God. And so we know from that reference that God indeed sends men. Of course we know. Apostle Paul, Peter, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel. God sent John to baptize with water unto repentance. And this man, John, who was sent by God, had a knowing within him of the Holy Ghost that the one that's coming after him, the living Christ, the Messiah, those sandals that bore the feet of the living Messiah, the Word made flesh, he could not touch, he could not handle. So there is a walk of the Spirit that man cannot handle in terms of human comprehension. But when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, by the living word, 
Because the one that was coming after John the Baptist, this reference is regarding Jesus, the word made flesh. Can I say the living word? For he is the living word. When the life of the word baptizes you, you have an understanding of the very reality of the Christ life. That prior to that revelation of an eye being opened, you could not handle nor loose, untie the sandals of this word of the living God. How does one walk out the word of God? How does one bear these sandals of life? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And so today we'll soar in those places like we think of the natural eagle soaring in the very heights, in the very depth of the radiance of the sun. With the eagle, it's S-U-N, and with us it's S-O-N, the living sun. That we have eyes to see the brightness of his countenance. And ears to hear the unchaining and the loosing of the voice of God. To live this Christ life. To walk with this divine persuasion of faith. Living hope within my bosom. To know I'll not be disappointed because thus says the word. And if the word says so, it will be exactly so. According to the scriptures. And when we live according to the scriptures, it births living faith. And living faith being a persuasion, a confidence of things hoped for. It will never disappoint. Never disappoint. Never disappoint. And so be mindful of that which I said right in the beginning because it will carry us through into this message of living hope. I'm not about a message that would just tickle our outer ears and, yeah, you put those little verses together, Desi, today. I'm not about that. Lots of messages like that are there. And there's a benefit to all of it. When the word is mentioned in faith, there's a, there is always life released. And so today, let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5. Baptism of fire, of the Holy Spirit, a baptism of the very life of God, a mind renewed to the reality of Christ within us. So when we speak life being parted, not heady knowledge, let's just open the verses, see if we can match up some verses today. No, heady knowledge, no. That which is of the flesh produces things of the flesh that lead to corruption. But that which is of the spirit brings life. And his word is of the spirit that gives us life. I'm stirred up today. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's find the book of Romans. What a release of glory this book of Romans is. What a brightness of his countenance we can behold in this book of Romans. What a walk Paul had to walk to produce this revelation of life. The crucified life is the power of Christ within us. 
You see, that, that which I've been reading from the Peter said to resist Satan steadfast in the faith. It's not just resist Satan and he'll flee from you. It's resist him steadfast in the faith. And the steadfastness of persuasion of the word of God looks like a life that is fully crucified under the power of the living God and now fully resurrected by the power of the living God. This, what we're talking about is resurrected life of glory. What we're about in these divine utterances is about a life being released to impact the nations. It's about a life of God being released to bring into focus eyes that have been out of focus. It is to bring hearts into divine alignment with the truth of the word of God. And to be ultimately reconciled to the son of the living God. Life eternal in Christ alone. That is living hope. Hope of eternal salvation. Hope of reality that I am now hid with Christ in God. Head with Christ in God looks like a life that is fully given, fully given unto God. And I love, I love, we read that a couple of weeks ago in Mark, in the reference there of the, of the father bringing the son that was being thrown by a demon into the fire to be killed. And the father brought the son to the disciples and the disciples could not cast that infirmity out of that boy. And then Jesus came. And the father came to Jesus. And what did the father say to Jesus in Mark 9? In verse 23, actually in verse 22, the father is explaining the situation of the son and he finishes that verse with, but if you can do anything, hear the father's heart of really believing that he is unable, unable to do anything regarding the son. The father speaks from a place of inability. The father speaks from a place of even seeing the disciples of Jesus being unable to bring deliverance to his boy. And from this place of impossibility, he's crying out to God. Because even in the midst of that unbelief, even that he saw in the disciples of Jesus, he still has a hope that he had God. All things are possible to God. And so from this place, he speaks, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And what does Jesus say? The new living says, what do you mean if I can? When the King James reads, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And so we know how the story goes. The demon is cast out. The demon is cast out. And if we go to verse 28, and when he'd come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And this is why I came here. And he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. That to me, I said a couple weeks ago, is a consecrated life to God. 
And so often we've used that term as a cop-out. Well, I guess I got to pray a little more. I guess I'm not fasted enough. And so, you know, we're just going to continue to put up with the demons. No! No more excuses. Time to come back to the word of God. And say, what does he say? This was not an edifying statement to the disciples who could not help that father nor the boy. We're in the last hour. When are we going to be prayed up and fasted up? When? If not now. But that's not a religious exercise. That is a life that is fully consecrated and dedicated to God. A crucified life that's been made brand new through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. A life that is infilled, infilled, infilled with living hope. Faith. Faith in the word of God. Faith in the word of God. Not faith in your circumstance. Not faith in how well you can think through a process of how analytical you are and how astute you are in your mental abilities. All of us have really exhausted and came to the end of those realizing it's not working, buddy. It's not worth working. Because the carnal man, the carnal mind is in opposition to the word of God to the mind of Christ. And that's why John said, I cannot touch those sandals of Holy Spirit and fire baptism. Only God produces this living faith in us. Only God births this living hope through the utterance of his word. Only God. Get your eyes off a man and put your eyes back on him. How do you do that? By beholding the reality of the Word of God. A.K.A. reading your Bible, yes. Reading your Bible with a heart that is desperate to see the living God. Not out of a sense of, I can't do it, but out of a persuasion. He has unveiled my sight to himself. And I can see him. And I can hear him. Because I am the sheep of his pasture. And I know my master's voice. Romans 5. Let's go back to Romans 5. Living hope. Living hope in light of our living salvation. Living hope in light of our living God. Living hope in light of our Living word that's been given to us freely. His word. He's ours now. We're part of his body now. We are his now. We have become one. Reconciled in the body of his flesh. One with God. Verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint. Read that again. Does hope in God disappoint? And so often we live life disappointed. Our shoulders hunched over. When really, really, 
We have a reality from above that says hope does not disappoint. So raise up, raise up your posture. Raise up, raise up your, your eyes back into him. Pin, pin, pin your understanding to the word of God. The faith in God does not disappoint. Just because you've done the little rounds of Christian expressions of religiosity, come back to the reality of the word of God. Come back to the one that baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, whose sandals man cannot touch because it's of God. This word is of God. This word is God. How can human mind Touch this word to rebuke it. It's an impossibility. They can try, but we know the end of it. The pride of life. The pride of man is like what? The grass in the field withers. No more they will be. But the word of God abides forever, Peter writes. So where will you put your confidence? Where will you put your confidence today? Where will you situate in? Where will you abide? Where will you stay? Where will you remind, remain? And remind yourself of, it is the word of God. It is the word of God, the word of faith that is in our heart that we speak through our mouths. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Why does hope in God does not disappoint? Because we have the assurance, we have the guarantee, we have the reality of the love of God that is fully given to us by the Holy Ghost that has indwelled us, the baptism of the Holy Ghost within me, the giving of His Spirit to me that I already have through the new birth has filled me with the persuasion of the love of God. That has brought confidence in the word of God, living hope, to believe and to walk in the reality of his word, to be a doer of him, the word. I think a couple of weeks ago I looked at this word hope. It was the word elpis. Now let's go to it. Let's go to it. Romans 5, 5 in the Strong's Concordance reads, And hope does not disappoint, because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Whom he has given us, not going to give to us. He has already given us. We already have it. We're not going to get it. He said it is done. That word hope and hope does not disappoint. It's the Strong's 1680 Elpis. Elpis is an expectation. Hope 
trust, confidence. So we can say that this confidence that we have in God, this trust that we have in God, this expectation of God in my life coming through all the time will not disappoint. And we looked at that word disappoint, it's to put to shame. Will not be put to shame when we trust in God. The word is, the study of it is from elpo, which means to anticipate, to welcome. To welcome. Properly, we can say it's an expectation of what is sure, certain. This word elpis, this hope in God that does not disappoint, it is an expectation of what is sure, certain. Do you have certainty in the word of God? Do you have certainty in the word of God? Well, if you look at your life, if you look at your life, you will know where your certainty is at. Is your certainty, your confidence in a bad circumstance? Is your certainty, your confidence, your trust in a moment that's gone disarray? Well, that's not living hope. That is having hope in something that is not of God. That is truly a distrust to the word of God. That is truly an anti-hope to the word of God. The Strong's exhaustive concordance of this word hope, it breaks it down again that it comes from this word elpo to anticipate usually with pleasure. That welcome. To anticipate usually with pleasure. It is enjoy. Enjoy believing. Expectation abstractly or concretely or confidence, faith, hope. And so when we read this word, hope, it also has a confidence, a trust, an expectation of God in my life. It's not just a wishful thinking like the world says, I hope, I hope so. It is a confidence of something that is certain. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that's why it's the foundation of faith in God. That's why the, the Holy Spirit puts this word in explanation of what faith is, what Christian faith is. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance, we looked at it, hypostasis, it was, it was assurance. The title deed, we have it. The certainty. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so hope that we talk about, it is birthed solely through the word of God. This hope that does not disappoint only comes through the word of God because faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. Actually, if we go to Romans um, 15, 
there it's very clear what hope we're talking about. Mm -mm -mm. Verse, Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. This word is written for our learning. We need to be taught the word of God. The word of God is to be learned. You don't assume you know it all. You keep on learning. You keep on growing. That's bringing maturity to Christian faith to walk. To walk a life that is fully consecrated to God. So that wherever you go, wherever you go that he sends you to, there'll be a release of glory. And the sons of many be brought to deliverance. For whoever, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures that we are learning, can I add, might have hope. That we, through the word that we are learning, might have hope. Do you know this word brings comfort to my heart and to your heart? Do you know this word is birth in patience towards us? Comforting us? To give us this divine hope that does not disappoint. So what we're talking about, it is of a realm that is from above. It is a confidence, the confidence of the Lord Jesus Christ is what we're talking about. The confidence that the word had in the Father's will. That he came to do the will of the Father. Not his own will. Mm -mm -mm. It's in Hebrews 2, there is something powerful here. 2.10 For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bring many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For what he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. The one who was taught obedience through suffering. The suffering of walking earth, knowing he is here to do the will of God. That really produced the ultimate pleasure. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, and yet he had to endure the cross. Not my will, but your will, Lord. He came to solely do the will of the Father. His greatest pleasure was to do the will of the Father. And yet here we see a reference to that being a suffering. Why a suffering? Because what we're talking about to you and I, that means a crucified life. 
To be able to walk in living hope means to be fully given to the word of God. I'm not talking about reading your Bible 24-7. But I'm talking about when you do read your Bible, and I pray it's daily, that you allow the Word to live in you and not be duped by the devil who's always coming immediately to steal the confidence that the Word has just put in your heart. And you hold on to the Word. No matter what it looks like or feels like. You hold on to the word. You abide in the living reality of this hope that the word has birthed in your heart. And that's what faith looks like. Christian faith is a divine persuasion of immovability where natural life is concerned. cannot be moved from this confidence that we had in the beginning. Cannot be deterred from that which we see the word say to us. We refuse to lose heart in these trying times because we know they're working for us a far greater weight of glory. Why we don't spectate the natural, but we spectate the supernatural working of the Word of God. Back to Hebrews 2.11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, that's us, him and us together. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I'll declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I'll sing praises to you. And you can, you can, you can read from there, but I just want to go back to, to Romans 5. Romans 5. Because Romans 5 is right after Romans 4. What is in Romans 4? An accounting of Father Abraham. So that verse, Romans 5, 5 reads again, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God, the agape love of God, has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let's look at chapter 4 just Across the page there, depending on how it's laid out in your Bible, regarding Father Abraham in verse 17, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. That's God's pronouncement to Father Abraham, to Abraham. I've made you a father of many nations, as it was written. See, as it is written, he has already made us the accepted in the beloved. As it is written, we are already more than conquerors. As it, is writ- as it is written, we are the beloved children of God. And if born of God, we have what? Already overcome the world. As it is written. So here we see, here we see how faith is birth. 
on the as it is written, as God has said to Abraham. Abraham didn't go in a little quiet place, try to figure out life and decide he's a father of many nations. He heard the word of God. And the word of God said to him, back to verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, he believed. In the presence of the word that said an impossibility in the natural. Abraham believed. How can he believe? Because the word carries innate power of divine hope that does not disappoint. An expectation of a certainty. If God said, it will be so. And in the presence of the word, in the presence of the word, we believe. See, these scriptures that are comforting to us are bringing hope to us. It is never outside of the word of God. That's what I'm trying to communicate. <laughs> Dominion sonship is about the word of God made reality in one's life. To demonstrate sonship, the sonship of God on earth. That all of creation are being subjected, what? In hope, the same word. All creation, Romans 8, what is it in Romans 8? I'll just flip over it, I'm writing those passages there. In Romans 8, 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. See, when you and I walk earth as the children of God in this glorious liberty that we have in Christ, and that's not a carnal mindset, that is a baptism of Holy Ghost and fire that we in Christ already do possess. It brings a liberty to creation. How profound is that? Think about it. It's what we're talking about, living hope. Not just for me in my little moment, but for the entire creation. Say what, Jesse? Well, go back to Romans 8.20 and read that and meditate that. The liberty of what you see is dependent on you walking in the liberty of what you believe. As Abraham did. As Abraham did. Not because he was so strong. No, because he's God. The strong one gave him a promise. Romans 4, back to 17. As it is written, I have made your father of many nations in the presence of him whom 
He believed God who gives life to the dead. Every part of this is so powerful. I can, I can make a message out of each moment. Uh, there's such revelation. He believed God who gives life to the dead. Are you in a dead moment? Oh, well, so perfect place to be just like Father Abraham, to believe against all hope. To hope in God. Who gives hope in God. Believe God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they they did. And we see that. He called him a father of many nations. While he did not have a child at the time, the pronouncement came. Calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, contrary to natural expectation, contrary to natural circumstance, wishful thinking, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became, so that he became. In hope he believed, so he became. In hope he believed, so he became. Was there disappointment in that which he hoped in God for? Was he disappointed? No, he did become the father of many nations. So true Bible faith is based on this living hope that does not disappoint. So there's no such thing, there's no such thing, there's no such thing of someone giving a little testimony saying, I really believe God, but you know, it didn't come through, it didn't didn't happen. All of us are walking a transformation. And yes, to the reality of mind renewal that we walk in, that's as far as we can possess the land. Little by little, as they did, the Israelites did. But it's always in compliance and in obedience to the word of God. It's always, it's always on the basis of what we read in Romans 15. The scriptures that give us hope. So we never quit. So maybe this little moment didn't quite pan out the way we thought it would. But don't lose heart. It's not over, buddy. It's not over. It's not over. It's just the moment that is passing. Say bye-bye. I always say bye-bye to many moments. Why be mesmerized by something that's fleeting? Abide in the eternal word of God that will never be fleeting. That remains forever. And so we hear, read 18, so contrary to hope, in hope believed, so he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall his descendants be, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. We read this last week. Already dead, his body, his own body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, in the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver the promise of God through unbelief. Did not waver. Did not for a moment consider, did not, something else, did not waver. He knew he was having a son. He knew it. Let's go to the abiding, the abiding. The word that abides forever carries itself in three expressions. Can we say, can we say that? Can we say that? Can we say that? 
1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide. Huh, we know the word abides. The word abides forever. Who says that? Well, we know Peter off the back. He quoted that. But let's go to Peter. Where is Peter? Kilimandri kilibasu koraba. Mandala hasita. First Peter 1. I'll read from 24. Because all flesh is as grass and the glory of man as the flowers of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. So keeping that as the backdrop. Here we read Paul's writing to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide, now endure forever. Faith, hope, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love because God is love. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We have living hope that's producing living faith. Now, these three do not ever disappoint. Faith, hope, love of God. Of God. Of God. Not of man, but of God. Of God. In, 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 in Romans, let's finish with Romans. I have a few references here. I want to do Romans 12 and then go to 15 again. Romans 12, which I, I, this portion here in Romans 12 from 9 until, you know, 21. I really consider that to be an example of, 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 of Christian character, godly character. But I'll just, I'll just, I'll just focus here. The first uh, few verses, nine till 12, I guess. In Romans 12, nine, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, fully given to the work of God. And Jesus says, this one doesn't come out, but by prayer and fasting. This is kind of what I, I see it looks like. Verse 12, rejoicing in the hope. See, this living hope brings forth a rejoicing. Because I know I got it. I know if he's given it to me, if the word has said it, so then that's how it's going to be. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Rejoicing in hope. Are you rejoicing in hope today? Are you rejoicing in hope today? Yes, we are rejoicing in hope today because this hope that we have in the word of God will never disappoint because it's producing Christian faith. 
that pleases our living God. So he is not in turn ashamed to call us his own. Romans 15. Verse 13, we know this one. Now may the God of hope, now may the God of hope, may the God of hope that spoke to Abraham. And Abraham believed. And Abraham became that which God spoke to him. That God, our God. He is the God of hope. He's not the God of disappointment. He's not the God who says one thing today and tomorrow he's got another thought. No shifting shadow. No turning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hope. The God of hope. You can trust the God of hope today. Lay hold of the God of hope. How? Through the word of God. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, rejoicing in hope. Fill, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In believing. See this hope, this expectation, this trust, this confidence in the word of God brings forth a rejoicing and we know the joy of the Lord is your strength and it keeps you believing. It keeps you believing. It keeps bringing forth this endurance that does not disappoint that, what is it? Faith, hope, and love endures. If you are found today and you are in Christ found right there, abiding, you are abiding where? In faith. You're abiding where? In hope and you're abiding where? In love. That is what it looks like to abide in the vine. To abide in the vine, John 15. To remain in him. To remain in him is to remain in faith to the very end. To remain in the living vine, the true vine, is to remain in hope. And to remain in the Trevon, it is to remain in his love. There's no disappointment there. He is the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're talking about. This Holy Spirit reality. He in me, the Holy Spirit, is producing this hope, bringing to remembrance the words of Jesus. Isn't that what the function of the Holy Spirit is in John? Is it 14, 15? Let's see. Let's see where. Where? That you bring to remembrance. In John 14, 25, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in his name, not in the name of another, 
in his name. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is given to us. The guarantee, the helper. He will teach you, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's why Paul says that hope abounds in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is bringing to remembrance the scriptures. He's teaching us the word to bring comfort to us so we might have hope in him. So we might have hope in him. Well, you know, I'm going to wrap it up because the next section takes me a little deeper. So let's just finish here. Living hope. Living hope is a reality that is of God. Living hope is the truth of the word of God. Living hope is far above wishful thinking and living hope does not ever never disappoint and so I'll finish off with reading again Romans 15 13 now may now may the God of hope may the God of hope fill you fill you fill you and I to fill us with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, that you and I may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Thank you for joining us once again. Amen and amen and amen.